Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather. I've got some news and views from a West Texans biblical point of view one. You're going to find in your mainstream media. Hey guys, welcome to this evening's podcast. It is the 29th of February leap year, you guys. It is a leap year. Woohoo! Okay, let's leap into some articles, shall we? I know, corny, right? <laughs> but you know, gotta make it work where you can. All right. So, guys, let's jump into some pretty good stuff. There's a lot of stuff happening. I don't have to tell you guys that. You know what's going on from the guy that caught himself on fire, who was a, a United States Air Forceman, um, active United States Air Forceman, caught himself on fire to protest the Gaza war. And he says that Israel was um, committing genocide. Of course, the United States is committing genocide by helping. I'm like, mm, I'm sorry. This agenda, folks, this ideological agenda, that's how far it has infiltrated even into our military into our military that a man would catch himself on fire and uh that's devastating that's demonic it's demonic but it's devastating too it's very sad that this would happen um you know his he, he didn't really do anything for the cause um you know but you see how mass media plays a role in this you know the things that they are promoting like you, you know they shadow ban they call it shadow banning everything Except what the mainstream media wants you to know. So if they want you to think that, hey, Israel is committing genocide, well, they're, that's what they're going to put on the news. And they're going to literally program you to believe that. Um, but if you're one of those people who think for themselves and you don't watch the mainstream media, you, know, you don't watch the television programming you, um, then you can think for yourself. But unfortunately, we live in a world today... That, you know, common sense is not really so much common anymore. My mom always said that. But boy, is it ever so now. And I really just, I just really hate that this happened. Um, I think after he lit himself on fire, uh, I think, you know, just by the screams that he, you know, probably regretted what he had done. Um, I, mm, folks just keep his family in prayer and his friends i just and the people who witnessed it i I just can't imagine and first responders oh goodness but let's move on to some news um ah man i tell you so coming to you from harbingersdaily.com from the 16th of february this is jack hibbs pastor jack hibbs he pastors um calvary chapel chino hills there in chino hills california I mean, wars and rumors of wars. The world is falling apart. Get up and give the gospel, he says. So we will talk about that today. Catherine Austin Fitz shreds Trump alkalite in the most brutal seven minutes you will find on the Internet. So it says the former president put $10 billion into a military program to depopulate Americans. Yeah, folks, we're going to talk about that. And you know where I found that out, right? You know, where, you know where I'm coming to you from? You know, he is my favorite, guys. It is Leo Holman, H-O-H-M-A-N-N dot com. Yes, that is him right there. What else do we have going on today? Oh, my goodness gracious. Coming to us from the WND by Jake Smith and the Daily Caller News Foundation. We're going to talk a little bit about old Valdemir. Yes, folks. Putin threatens nuclear war if West deepens intervention in Russia-Ukraine war. Yes, guys, it's getting deep. And have you ever looked around the world today and seen so much tension? But yet, 
you know, you got the elitist up there going, well, ha, 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 what happened to me? Well, what happens if we start using nuclear war? I mean, hello, <laughs> you're going to get radiation poisoning like the rest of the world. But you have noticed how many bunkers that these guys are building, these billionaires, millionaires, trillionaires, and all these. Yeah, folks, they're building all these bunkers. They think they'll survive like that. I don't know, you guys. It is getting uber seriously close to, whoo, tell you what, to World War III, mm, which I think is Armageddon. That's kind of what I think. I think that is, that'll be like end of end, the tribulation. That's what I think is going to happen. Because when we read the, okay, look, Iran, all these proxies, you look at the globe and then you look at the little bitty, teeny tiny, but so strong, massively important country of Israel. It's a speck on the map, on the global map is, is a speck. And all these Arab nations and Muslim nations around surround Israel, massively huge nations, and they want to wipe them off the face of the earth. But Israel, so small, yet so mighty. Why? Because they are God's chosen people. But all these major huge, I mean, they want to wipe them off the face of the earth, but yet they haven't. And you got to wonder, hmm, why? Because God, that's why. Because God, he has a covenant with his people. And he's protecting them. There's no other explanation. It would be like the entire United States, you know, <laughs> and, and just say, we don't like Rhode Island. Okay, like all of us, like Rhode Island's got to go. And then like Rhode Island, like standing up, like we're not going to go anywhere. And like the rest of us are like, oh, yeah. So, but nothing happens. Yeah, we talk all this talk and we, you know, we get all these mass weapons. We have like nuclear power and jets and all this stuff. And here's little Rhode Island, you know, against the United States of America, the rest of us. But yet we can't seem to defeat Rhode Island. Didn't that tell you something? Hmm. Now look at Israel and all these other major Arab nations that absolutely these Muslims hate hate Jewish people, they hate the Jews, they hate Israel, and they want to literally obliterate them. I mean, that's what they live for. They eat, drink, and sleep wiping the Jewish people off the face of the earth. But yet, they can't seem to do that. Remember the Six-Day War? Miraculously, there was no way that Israel should have won that, but they did because of God Almighty. <laughs> I'm telling you guys... If that alone doesn't tell you that we are that we, we serve a mighty, awesome, righteous, holy God, I don't know what will. If that doesn't prove to you right now that the Bible is true, man, I don't know what else can I can throw at you. Okay, <laughs> get in the Word of God. Let the Word of God get into you, and you're going to be like, whoa. Which brings me to this point. Second Thessalonians tells us that. The restrainer, there's a restrainer that is restraining the mass evil that wants to like, okay, that's going to like literally floodgate are going to open, okay, when the church is removed from this earth. So when Jesus Christ says, come up hither, okay, whoo, we are going, right? We are going, we are yanked out of here, harpazold, we are rapture road, we are snatched away however you want to say it it's all the same in greek hebrew and english we are gone right we are taken out of here the lord jesus has come to take us home as he has promised because we are not meant for his wrath and then 
And then Thessalonians says, okay, when that, when that, the restrainer is removed or moved to the side, and it says, and then that lawless one will be revealed. So when we are taken out, when the restrainer, us, the church that is filled with the Holy Ghost, when we are ripped, stake, whatever you want to call us, yanked out of here, that's when all evil will be let loose like a floodgate. And then you're looking at World War Three, And then look at the book of Revelation and you're going to be like, whoa. And speaking of, if you guys want to join us, my pastor, Dr. Randy Davis, is going through the book of Revelation chapter by chapter. And we're going like verse by verse. Folks, It's a, I love it. We are in uh, Revelation chapter 4 and 5. Uh, he taught on that last night. I'm telling you what. You're going to want to join us for that. We do have our website, which I'll link on here. Um, and we also have our YouTube channel, which is New Hope Fellowship at River Road. We are the only channel with that name. You guys got to go and check us out. And I'll link the website also underneath. If you want to find it, though, it's New Hope Fellowship RR.org. Okay, New Hope, New Hope Fellowship RR, as in River Road.org. Boom. Uh, go check us out. All right. So global insecurity. We have that going on. Mm-mm-mm. What else do we have going on? I want to talk about this just for a second. I want to touch on this. This is how disgusting this is. Uh, singer Charlotte Church leads choir, including children, in genocidal song calling for eradication of Israel. Welsh musician and actor Charlotte Church, she's 38, appeared at a Sing for Palestine event in South Wales on Saturday. Mm. Really? We got children singing to this. Is it any different than those folks in Hamas that brainwash their children and all those people in Gaza to hate Israel from the time they are born? They eat, sleep, and hate them as well. Oh, guys, brainwash. You talk about incalculated brainwash. These, that's, what, that's all they've ever known is to hate Israel. That's all they've ever known. That's all they've known. They've been indoctrinated since they were born. And look here. We're, oh, sorry. We're not much better when it comes to all this other stuff over here, guys. Mm. School boards are silencing parents who object to pornographic materials in their child's education. Yeah. This is a live site news. Uh, this isn't the first time this has happened. Mm-mm, no. So uh, over the past decade, public schools have become the purveyors of state dogma and the curriculums have been rewritten by LGBT blah, blah, blah activists. This is... Listen to this and listen to what school I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. Pride Month celebration at St. Matthew's Elementary School in Newfoundland. Mm. St. Matthew's? Need to change your name. Okay. Mm. This is in February 2023. A father had his mic cut off at a school board meeting in Anchorage, Alaska for attempting to read aloud from a sexually explicit book that was available to students. Mm. This was posted the 27th of February. Guys from Jonathan Venmar. And you can check it out at lifesitenews.com. Yeah, folks. Let me tell you something. In August of 2023, a father was escorted out of a school board meeting by police in Fort Worth, Texas. After reading aloud from a book contained in the school library. The book was considered, quote, inappropriate to be read during a public meeting, quote, unquote, due to its pornographic nature. In November of 2023, horrified school board members in Clark County, Nevada, cut a mother's mic after she began reading aloud from a book being provided to children in in the district schools called All Boys Aren't Blue, which features sexually explicit content. 
She was told that because it was a public meeting, she had a responsibility to uphold decent language. The mother responded, you don't have a right to stop me. This is the book you want to give kids, unquote. In 2022, a Florida father had his mic cut while speaking to a school board meeting merely for stating his intention to read from sexually explicit books that were being given to students. I'm going to stop you right there, sir, a board member told him. Turn off his microphone. The father was informed that he could not read pornography during the meeting because it was publicly broadcasted and thus his reading would violate both state and federal laws. In 2021, a mother had a mic cut off at a school board meeting at the Lake Travis Independent School District in Austin, Texas, after reading passages from a book contained in the libraries of several district schools. And the list goes on. He says, as battles over the alphabet curriculums rage not only in the United States, but in Canada and Europe as well, a perverse irony has emerged. Books too pornographic to be read in public meetings or even quoted in full in media reports are somehow appropriate for children in schools. Indeed, the LGBT activists and progressive politicians consistently insist that it is a far-right conspiracy theory merely to claim that children are being indoctrinated or, quote, groomed unquote by sexually explicit material and when gaslit parents desperately try to prove their case by bringing the offending books to school board meetings to read aloud they're silenced indeed this makes the media's coverage of the parental rights movement particularly insidious genuine journalism could cover this standoff between woke educators and frustrated angry parents by examining the materials at the center of the controversy despite that the press rarely quotes the offending passages and, as the examples cited above illustrate, the offending educators frequently respond to essentially ceding the parents' point by claiming that the materials are too graphic to be read publicly and, in some cases, even illegal. Illegal, you guys. <laughs> anyway, thus, when the parents score badly needed victories in, over, in the war, over the education of their children, they are frequently painted as conspiratorial extremists. The alphabet activists, for example, are outraged by the recent firing of a Georgia teacher who read a book on gender fluidity to her fifth grade class, which was upheld earlier this month by an Atlanta school board meeting. She insisted that the book was about inclusivity parents and the board wanted such materials to be excluded. In 2022, Georgia legislator banned the teaching of divisive concepts and created a parent's bill of rights. The press portrays this response as a backlash. Parents justified it. parents justifiably expect educators to teach their children the basics. History, reading, writing, and math. Whether public schools do this as a subject for another time. But over the past decade, public schools have become the purveyor of state dogma. And the curriculums have been rewritten by the alphabet activists. The best evidence of this thus far is the fact that so many school boards so desperately want to silent parents when they read aloud in public meetings the very books that are being read to children in the privacy of the classroom folks this is by jonathan van murren marin he is a public speaker writer and pro pro-life activist so go give him some love he is on oh he has a book his first book was released in 2016 it's called the culture war so go check him out. He's at LiveSiteNews.com. LiveSiteNews.com. So, folks, let's head on over here to, if you haven't gone here, this is HopeForOurTimes.com. Um, he's got a lot of great news there, Tom does. 
And um, I really do like him. He has stepped down from being head pastor, but he does do the Hope for Our Times ministry now, which is fantastic. His name is Tom Hughes. We all love him. I know if you guys listen to me, you listen to Tom, Pastor Tom. Anyway, so explosions rock Damascus in apparent Israeli airstrike. Folks, this happened today, the 29th of February. And we're going to jump on over here. We're going to read this. This is worldisraelnews.com. Two terrorists killed as explosions rock Damascus in apparent Israeli airstrike. This is posted on the 28th of February in Israeli time. So, uh, Syria claims Israeli aircraft carried out missile strikes on Damascus as explosions rocked the Syrian uh, capital by by World Israel News staff. So, explosions were heard in and around the Syrian capital of Damascus Wednesday, not following an apparent Israeli airstrike that left two terrorists dead, according to a Syrian opposition group. According to the London-based Syrian Observatory for Human Rights, the explosions were heard in Damascus and Rivdimash and resulted both from missiles launched by Israeli aircraft and from Syrian anti-air missiles. And so it goes on to say the Syrian military confirmed the explosions were the result of an Israeli airstrike, but downplayed the extent of the damage, claiming that there were no fatalities or injuries in the attack, which we all know is right. So at approximately 9.35 p.m. this evening, the Israeli enemy uh, launched an air aggression from the direction of the occupied Syrian Golden uh, oh, sorry, Syrian Golan, targeting a number of points in the Damascus countryside. An official from the Syrian military told the state media outlet SANA. Our air defense media responded to the aggressions, missiles, and shot down most of them, and the losses were limited to material losses. The Syrian Observatory for Human Rights, however, claimed that ambulances had been rushed to the two positions struck in the airstrike, adding that there were reports of injuries with others missing. A later report by the observatory said that the airstrikes had targeted facilities used by the Hezbollah terrorist organization along, or I'm sorry, adding that two members of the group were killed with six more injured. The Israeli military has not commented on the incident. Wednesday night's airstrike is the 17th Israeli attributed strike on Hezbollah and other Iranian-backed groups positioned in the Damascus area since the beginning of the war. According to the Syrian Observatory for Human Rights, 35 combatants have been killed in Israeli strikes in Syria this year, with 13 others wounded. Of the 35 killed, seven were members of the Iranian Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, eight were members of Hezbollah, 15 were members of various Iranian-backed militias, and five have not been identified based on nationality. So, it's heating up, folks. It is getting huge. And so, I don't know if you guys heard this or not, but the Houthis have cut um, some pretty um, important cables there in the Red Sea. Let me see if I can pull up one of those articles uh, today. Um, mm, 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 guys, I'm telling you. Now, if you don't think this affects the West, let me tell you something. Here I'm at um, the CF.org. CF.org. That C is in cat, F is in Frank. Anyway, report Houthis cut underwater cables in Red Sea. So I wanted to bring this guys up. I mean, I wanted to bring this article up to you guys. It's by Citizen Frank. I love it, Citizen Frank. So, update. says, four underwater communication cables between Saudi Arabia and Djibouti have been struck out of commission in recent months, uh, presumably as a result of attacks by Yemen's Iranian-backed Houthi rebels, according to an exclusive report in the Israeli site 
uh, new site globes. So the successful targeting of the four cables, which are believed to belong to the AAE-1, CECOM, EIG, and TGN systems, marks a serious disruption of communications between Europe and Asia. Most of the immediate harm will be absorbed by the Gulf states and India, globes said. The AAE-1 cables connects East Asia to Europe via Egypt, connecting China to the west through countries such as Pakistan and Qatar. The European-India Gateway, or the EIG cable system, connects southern Europe to Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Djibouti, the the UAE, and India. The CECOM cable connects Europe, Africa, and India, and is connected to South Africa. So, oh boy. So, let me break it down. Okay, so... I went the other night three and a half hours without electricity and I, I thought, guys, look, I thought I was prepared and that just made a whole new different thing. I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared. Um, I mean, I was kind of prepared. <laughs> I talk about being prepared. Now, look, I didn't have any food. I had food. I had food. But the whole thing is, so three and a half hours, no power. Okay. No electricity. Mm, you know, um, I have oil burning lamps and I've got candles and I've got all kinds of stuff. But you know what I didn't have then that I have now? I have a kitten. I have a kitten and a cat. So don't know if you guys are aware of this or not, but kittens are like drawn to the flame like a moth is. You know, Frank's like, what is that? Oh my goodness, that's a, ooh, that's a flame. Let's knock that over. So probably not a good thing if you have cats or kittens to have oil burning lamps and candles. You know, I'm just saying, or alcohol burners. So, you know, I had to rethink everything. So I did have some flashlights and, you know, I had an oil, I had a lantern. I have one battery powered lantern. So, you know, what's going on my preppers list, right? You know, it battery powered lights, battery powered lights. And I was trying to find a coffee pot, like a battery operated coffee pot. And I did find a couple of them that you, know, you can plug into your car and make coffee. I was like, whoa. So I may be investing in some of that because I'm a hardcore coffee drinker. But it just made me realize how unprepared I really am. Like, I think I'm prepared. Like, I've got stuff. But where is it at? I I don't know. So, like, my go bag. Like, okay, we have wildfires here. Like, I went from 250,000 acres to 500,000 acres overnight. And I'm not sure where it's at right now. But thank God. Praise the Lord, you guys. Thank y'all so much for your prayers because it snowed. I woke up this morning to like beautiful snow falling and a blanket of snow. Praise the Lord, you guys. The fires here were so, so bad. And a couple years ago, well, it's, I want to say, has it been that long? 10 years ago? devastating fires devastating fires a young couple who just got married they were burned their ranch they lost like a contaminated thousands of head of cattle uh just north of us a few miles um we've lost one of the ladies in our church was telling us that there was a uh, a couple that had lost 500 head of cattle and so it is devastating people have lost their homes and in animals and it's just, it's very sad i think we had one person in french texas that died due to the fires and as fast as those fires hit with the wind direction, you know, I'm thankful. And I, I hate that one person lost their life, but I'm thankful there wasn't more. Our firefighters do an amazing job. And um, praise be to God. And we just, you know, just ask the Lord to bless them. But thank you all so much for your prayers. We sure do need them. Keep them coming. Keep, keep, please keep them coming. Um, but, as, you know, I was going through this, you know, if, you know, how, how does this not, how does this affect the West? So if it knocked out Internet, 
knocked out banking, knocked out our infrastructure. I mean, it doesn't take much. You can cut a cable in the Red Sea and then boom, we have no internet. Boom, you have no banking infrastructure. You have nothing. And you're, you're like, whoa, it's so simple these days. You know, back in the day, you'd have to amass this army and you'd have to like march down to wherever you were going. But now, nowadays, you compare war back in biblical days, even war from like World War One or even World War Two to like what it would be like today. It's nothing like that. It's nothing like that. We have drones. We have cyber technology. Things are just so totally different. And then you read the Bible and you're like, wow, it is coming to life. I mean, the words that I'm reading black and white on this page are literally in color now. It's happening. Uh, it's happening. Guys, you better get ready to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't know him as your savior, you better make that decision. Like before I even finish this podcast, you need to make that decision like ASAP. Like that's the only decision in your life that will matter. That's the only decision in any of our lives that will ever matter is where we stood, is where we, is where we stood on is Jesus Christ the Son of God and do we ask him to be our Savior? Do we put our faith in him to save us? That's all that matters in this life because I'm telling you what, it's going to come a moment where you're going to drop dead or you're going to die or whatever and you're going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and he's going to either say, well done, my good and faithful servant, or depart from me, for I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the kingdom. My goodness, you guys, the day's coming. Jesus, whether we die or he comes to rapture us all, we're going to see Jesus. And if you don't, I'm, I'm just telling you, you don't want to make, you don't want to have to go into the tribulation if you don't know him. Because you're either going to be, then you really it's not going to be pretty, folks. I'm uh, telling you. Just, you know, Jesus says, what does he say in the Bible? Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Please don't wait another moment. Don't wait another moment. If you've ever sinned, we've all sinned. You can't say you haven't sinned. We've all sinned. That right there separates us from God. Boom, just like that. Just like that. One sin. One sin. I lied. I stole something. I looked at him or her in lust, whatever. Boom, that's it. One sin, we are separated. That's it. There's nothing you can ever do to atone for that sin. You cannot do it. You cannot do it. That's why God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to live the perfect sinless life, to die on the cross for you and our sin. He took our sin upon him. He was the sacrifice. Oh. Hmm. He died, and God raised him three days later. And he ascended, and he sits on the right hand of the throne of God because it's finished. He's sitting there. John 14 says that he's gone to prepare a place for us. He goes, in my father's house are many mansions, and some say in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I've gone to prepare a place for you. And if I've gone to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there you may be also. And you know the way. Mm. Those are the most comforting words. I know. I know you guys haven't listened to my podcast very long. Or maybe you have. But the book of John is my favorite. It's my favorite in all the Bible. <laughs> I love it. I love the book of John. We haven't read it lately. Mm. Might take some time to read it tonight. 
But let's move right along, folks. Okay, so let's go on and go back to the... Here we go. Here's the biggie. Here's the biggie we're going to talk about tonight. Jake Smith from the Daily Caller Foundation has posted this in the WND, WND.com. Putin threatens nuclear war if the West deepens intervention in Russia-Ukraine war. So, let's roll on down here. Russian President Vladimir Putin warned Thursday that Moscow is ready to enter a nuclear conflict with the West if it furthers interferes with the country's ongoing war against Ukraine. Some European Union members of NATO raised the possibility this week of sending allied troops to Ukraine to bolster the country's defenses against Russia. With French President Emmanuel Macron going so far as to say nothing can be ruled out in ensuring a military victory for Kiev. Putin said during his annual address on Thursday that Russia's nuclear forces are geared up for conflict should Western nations send troops to Ukraine, warning that Moscow is capable of striking them directly. Folks, I don't know. Look, I'm going to tell you something. You know you know who I am. Okay, so you know, you know I ain't going to lie to you guys and I ain't going to sugarcoat the truth. I ain't going to sugarcoat nothing. You know me. So listen up. Emmanuel Macron is who does he work for the global he's a weffer he's a weffer folks he's a world economic forum he's a weffer he is a global elitist so whenever he says he's gonna do something i know the opposite is probably the best course of action look all that we're doing by sending money and all this stuff to ukraine is furthering the death of these people that's all we're doing there's there there's no way Ukraine can possibly win against Russia. There's no way. And the more money we give them, only thing that does is to slaughter these people. These people. It would be like if war came to the United States of America, like we, the people, we don't want war, but our government does. So it's kind of like over here in Ukraine, these people, that's not what they wanted. This is not what they asked for, but this is what they've been shoved into. So think about that, guys. The Weffers. Mm. Quote, The strategic nuclear forces are on full combat alert and the ability to use them is assured, Putin said. Efforts to develop several other new weapon systems continue and we are expecting to hear even more about the achievements of our researchers and weapons manufacturers. End quote. The West has started talking about the possibility of deploying NATO military contingents to Ukraine, but we remember what happened to those who sent their contingents to the territory of our country once before, Putin said. Today, any potential aggressors will face far graver consequences. They must grasp that we also have weapons. Yes, they know this, as I have just said, capable of striking targets on their territory. Putin also noted that nuclear conflict should be avoided as it would almost certainly result in global destruction. He said that the U.S. and the West need to work with Russia on ensuring an invisible, in, invis, indivisible security framework in the Eurasia region. Everything they are inventing now, spooking the world with the threat of a conflict involving nuclear weapons, which potentially means the end of civilization. Don't they realize this? Putin said they continue to think of this as a kind of action cartoon. The White House condemned Putin's comments on thursday quote as we have said before russia's nuclear rhetoric is reckless and irresponsible white house national security spokeswoman adrian watson told the daily caller news foundation in a statement we will continue to support ukraine as they defend themselves from russian aggression 
We have not seen any report to adjust our own nuclear posture, nor any indications that Russia is preparing to use a nuclear weapon. And quote, the Kremlin warned on Tuesday the conflict with NATO would be an inevitable inevitability should allied members send troops to Ukraine. Several NATO members announced after Macron's comment on Monday that they would continue to support Ukraine's war effort, but had no plans to send soldiers to the region. President Joe Biden claimed in December that if Russia conquers Ukraine and attacks a neighboring NATO nation, then we'll have something that we don't seek and that we don't have today. American troops fighting Russian troops. Biden made these remarks during an urgent request for increased U.S. military aid to Ukraine, a proposal currently being negotiated in Congress. Quote, President Biden has been clear that the U.S. will send will not send troops to fight in Ukraine. Watson told the DCNF in a statement, quote, we think the path to victory for Ukraine is for the House of Representatives to pass a national security supplemental. So Ukraine troops have the weapons and ammunition they need to defend themselves and continue to fight courageously for their freedom and independence against Russia's invasion. And quote, folks, let me tell you something. That's that's their idea. We're just gonna keep. We're just gonna keep giving them money. We're gonna just keep on counting. Keep on counting. Oh, that sounds so familiar. We're just gonna keep doing this. We're just gonna keep funding. We're just gonna keep on, keep on, keep on, keep it on. And all we're doing is just you know mass murder, just mass genocide of these people. That's mm. go watch Tucker Carlson's um, take on Putin. You'll be amazed. Uh, yeah, I learned a lot during that one. Um, he talked to a former military. Uh, I want to say expert general or something. I can't remember. Oh, I wish I could. But it made total sense. Total sense. Um, when you look at the size of Russia, and Russia is a military machine, folks. They are a machine. And then you look at the size of Ukraine. You're like, Ugh. and, you know, they don't really want to fight Ukraine. Mainly, they're, that's family. You know, they're, you know, ugh. anyway. Ah, I digress, you guys. Ugh. Okay, so where are we going to go to next? Oh, my goodness gracious. Let's go to Jack Hibbs, Pastor Jack Hibbs and Harbinger's Daily Dot com. Wars in rumors of wars. The world is falling apart. Get up and give the gospel, he said. This is at uh, Harbinger's Daily, guys. So right now, China, Taiwan, North Korea, Japan, Iran, Iraq, Yemen, Jordan, Israel, Lebanon, and the United States, the United Kingdom, and Sweden, among other nations, are all posturing for war or are at war. He says, what's going on? Jesus said, in the last days, there's going to be a time of wars and rumors of wars. Matthew 24, verse 6. Now, there have always been wars and rumors of wars. But in all that discourse, in Matthew chapter 24, he's talking about an escalation in frequency of these things. While all these other things are taking place there's going to be a coalescing of end time events what should the believer do he says i know the temptation i have it just like you to pull the sheets over our head turn off the news and simply not go outside we can't live like that first of all that would be fear and we're not allowed to live any spirit of fear. Second Timothy verse one seven. He says. Secondly, we have got to engage those that are around us with the gospel that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son as a gift to die on the cross for our sins and to be resurrected from the dead for your justification. Tell your neighbors. Tell your friends. Tell your family. You and I are commanded by God to be salt and light until the end that means we are to be involved in everything for the cause of christ no matter what it is if you are in the law enforcement field the chef at a restaurant on the football field or in the office at home be there for jesus these are the last days 
all these things that we're seeing right now should now should cause us to be motivated. Please get this, he says. Let these things be motivators, not something that causes you to sequester yourself. The world is falling apart. Get up and give the gospel. You may say, I'm scared. I don't know what to do. Repent and trust God. These are amazing days, friends, he says. Be ready. We may not even have an America for long as we know it, but the kingdom of God is not shaken by any of these things. Folks, I love Pastor Jack Hibbs. You can catch him at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. They're in Chino Hills, California. He's got a great YouTube channel and a great website. I absolutely adore him. All right, so what else we have going on? You know him, you love him. <laughs> He's my old time favorite. It's Leo Holman. Catherine Austin Fitz shreds Trump alkaline in the most brutal seven minutes you'll find on the internet. And you can find it at Leo Holman, H O H M A N N dot com. Oh, yeah, you guys. Okay, so here we go. So, uh, the former president put what, $10 billion with a B as in boy into a military program to depopulate Americans. I've talked about this. Mm-mm-mm. So, there are truths and then there are inconvenient truths. Why did President Donald Trump sign off on Operation Warp Speed in July 2020 and place U.S. Army General Gustav Perna in charge of it? Says I've heard many reasons for this strange move. None of them ring true. It remains one of the more closely guarded secrets of U.S. presidential history. Even the corporate mainstream media, which regard which regularly compares Trump to Adolf Hitler, seems in- uncurious about Operation Warp Speed and what led to Trump's decision on that policy matter. How was the deal made? We may never know. There are only two options. According to Catherine Austin Fitz, a financial expert and former assistant secretary of the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, Trump either knew what he was doing would be tremendously destructive to human life and did it anyway, or he did not know and got rolled by smarter people in unelected positions that hold much more power than the man holding the office of the president. Watch Fitz explain below in this fascinating video. Folks, we're going to take a a step back here. I'm going to step away. We're going to play this video and then we're going to come back. Okay, here we go. This going on while the Hunter Biden laptop has now been exposed for exactly the crime scene that it is. And they're still going after Donald Trump who wants to destroy the new world order. I mean, I had Alex Newman on. He says, you know, if you, I know you would disagree about the, you know, the shots and all that. But boy, he was taking a sledgehammer to the new world order. He got us out of the Paris Climate Accord. He got us out of who? Well, but wait a minute. He put $10 billion into a military program to depopulate Americans. Come on, Greg. I'm going to be a tough guy about this. He, do you think he was told the truth, though? I mean, Burks came out on Fox and said, I always knew the mRNA injections would not offer, uh, you know, uh, much protection against infection. She came out and said that, and Neil Cavuto's like, you can Google this. He's so like, if you look at the history of what is known, it, it takes 10 to 12 years to test out a vaccine to make sure it's safe. Everybody knows that. You know, come on. So... No, you I think you no know, way. You actually think Donald Trump actually knew? Hey, we're going to depopulate and murder off a bunch of people. I see. I don't. I, I think he was lied to, and he he missed this. He knows so now. I'll, he knows. He knows now. That's if what, that's there was what's my one grip. person who understood how dangerous vaccines are, that was in political life, it was Donald Trump because this was a big issue during the campaign, and he made a big issue about you know the dangers of vaccines. So he knows. So you think he knew ahead of time? You think he knew go into it that we're going to depopulate people? See, I just don't believe that. I think he knows now. I think he definitely knows now, but which he should. Which I'm pissed that he's not coming out. So, to stop it. so I'm I'm just going to be a tough guy because okay. I knew 
I knew the injection program stunk. I knew it was dangerous, and I knew there were different nefarious agendas that could go on. And I said to people, you know, as soon as the virus started, or as soon as they claimed there was a virus, because I, I think it was more than one thing going on, I said, don't worry about COVID. Worry about the injection. Don't take the injection, whatever you do. So if I knew that in March 2020, I'm sure Trump knew that. So no, $10 billion, he put in charge of Operation Warp Speed someone who's, you know, was head of research at a pharmaceutical company and his expert, you know, his, it was, his expertise was on brain-machine interface. Come on, Greg. Here's, here's the problem. You know, Trump, you can say Trump, you know, was on board for a depopulation or Trump got rolled. Either one is not a very good case to be made that he ought to be president. Wow. You got, I, I just can't believe that he would say, sure, let's kill millions of people. I just have a hard time believing that, especially when Burks writes a book. But, I, so, but go back, then you're saying he's incompetent. Because if I knew what I knew, you know, don't tell me I knew more than Trump. I, don't, I, I just don't buy that. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying, oh, that's, just, that's depressing. You've got to hold people accountable. You've got to tell the truth, and you've got to hold people accountable. That's the only way out of this. And uh, Biden is uh, a big, fat, huge, smoking, steaming well, but he, uh, bag of crap. Right. F. Here's the thing. The president is not running the situation. The president is not in charge. That's what you got to understand. And, you know, I keep talking explain about... Explain that. The, the president is like, please, so we explain that. Well, he's the president. Why isn't he in charge? But explain why... What happened in 1963? What happened in November 1963? Well, Kennedy was shot in the head. Well, the U.S. intelligence agencies and military and establishment got together and killed the president, right? That's right. And, yeah. and, and who, who controls the Secret Service, right? It's the yeah. Secretary of the Treasury and, and the people who run the country. So the deep state controls the Secret Service, and their guns point out, and their guns point in. So, you know, the president, in a highly centralized system, the president has very little power. Now, I've told you the red button story many, many times, but the moral of the story of the red button story, if you go to Solari or you, you go on the web, you can do a search for the red button story in my name and you'll pull it right up. But essentially what it says, everybody in America wants their check. And the way they get their check is to borrow more money and print more money. And so you've had a lot of popular support for the financial coup. And, and the reason is everybody wants their check. Now, you put the president in charge, you hit the population with massive amounts of propaganda, disinformation, entrainment. Suddenly they're screaming they want a vaccine, right? And you're Trump, and you feel cornered and squeezed by the fact that everybody wants their check. And the only way you can get their check is to be nice to the deep state and the central bankers. And the only way you can make them happy is to give them whatever the entrainment and TV has persuaded them they want. Do you think that he uh, art of the deal this thing, and he had a trade-off? And the trade-off was, well, you get your check, but some of you are going to die. You know something? I have no idea what was going on. And I don't care. Because you had the president roll out something that in March 2020, I was sure was going to harm and kill millions of Americans. And he, he either has two reasons for doing it. He's incompetent or he is breaking the law. Which do you want? I don't, I don't know. I, I wasn't there. I can't say. 
but I, I know what I knew, and I know what I hold him responsible to know, and I know what he did. Well, and I know what I would have done. I would never, you know, I would have taken a bullet in the head before I would, I would implement a calling of the American population. Of right. course, we, can't, we have to lay some blame squarely at Biden's. You have a vaxxer job and mandates and forcing this shit, which Trump wouldn't have done. Uh, that's what he says anyway. And right, you, but so let, let's back up because, you know, pure so evil. It's, we're not talking about, we're, we're talking around in a box where there are no solutions. And we have to go to where we can get power and implement real solutions. I know so this just was remember, I just want to make this clear. In October 2019, when everybody in America was being entertained by the teenage sex life of the Supreme Court nominee Kavanaugh, the House, the Senate, and the White House Democrat and Republican, both sides of the aisle, got together and approved Statement 56 of the Federal Accounting Advisory or Standards Advisory Board, which said that they could keep secret books. That was everybody together. Okay, so so there is no right versus left. There is no Trump versus Biden. There is a machine in control of a spending machine that is financed with our taxes and debt borrowed in our name that is being sold into our pension funds and into our retirement accounts there is that machine and that machine to keep balancing the books is implementing a depopulation plan that is the reality that has to be faced and changing the president won't matter <laughs> well folks she colds no punches no punches She's absolutely true. Um, she's absolutely true. And I never thought about that last aspect of it. You know, um, our social security is like a Ponzi scheme. And, um, of course, with all these illegals coming in. You know, we're giving them like $2,500 for life right off the bat. Oh, here's $2,500. While we have, you know, veterans committing suicide. We have homeless people in the streets and uh, homeless children and people starving. And, yet yeah, we're, we're giving billions of dollars to Ukraine to fight Russia, which is a never, is, is, all we're doing is contributing to the mass genocide over there. And then, of course, the illegals come in. Here's your some money. Here's $2,000, you know, so you can go do whatever you want to. We'll put you up in these hotels and, yeah, we'll pay for all this. And, and while me, we, as Americans, are starving, we can't afford housing, we can't afford anything, and yet, you know, our elderly can't can't get medicine. We have people who can't get treatment for cancer because they can't afford it or they make too much money or or they can't be covered by insurance or all this stuff. But hey, don't worry. We can give billions of dollars to Ukraine. We can give billions of dollars to other people, other countries. And we can give billions of dollars to these migrants. People come over here illegally. And we're just going to, you know, hand them out some money. Well, when you want to come to the United States of America, if we're going to give you $2,500 when you cross the border. Here you go. Really? Oh, folks, makes me sick. Makes me sick. You know, Jerusalem has a wall around it. You know, hello, uh, all these elitists and weffers, their houses have walls around them and gates around them. But you know, here in the United States, we cannot protect our own borders. Mm -hmm. Well, thank God Texas took a stand against that and said enough is enough. But how many Chinese nationalists are now in our country ready and willing to, to, to form against us and come against us? Cyber attacks, all kinds of... Folks, we live in a different age. A totally different age. And they always said, you know, we could attack America from the outside because all them people in the South have a gun. You know, yeah. I know I paraphrased. Okay, right. But it's true. 
but how are they going to get us from the inside? From the inside, I'm going to tell you something. Here in America, here in Amarillo, we have a large population of migrants, and you can thank the Catholic Family Services for that crap. Um, and I can t- let me tell you, just let me tell you the very short ten or so years. Let me tell you what has happened. We've had two shootings. We've had one that's held a uh, Walmart manager. Uh, the store manager hostage with a gun to his head because he didn't get the job that he wanted. Well, an off-duty sheriff told him shot the dude in the head and ended that pretty quick, right? But then, these are the things that we have. We had another one made a bomb. He was making bombs in his garage. Yeah. And thank God, by the grace of God, he blew one of them up. It was a small one. But he blew one up and people in the neighborhood, not too far from me over here in Paramount, Heard a boom. They're like, what in the world? And they called the police department, of course. And they, lo and behold, and they opened up his garage. Oh, brother. It was a crime scene for days. That's how it took weeks, weeks to get the explosives out of there safely. So, let me tell you something. Y'all can talk about, we can give us your poor and give us your whatever. These are the people who want to come here, want to assimilate into our society. Not people who want to come over here. Look, look over at Europe. Look at France. Look at Paris. Look, they're not even the same. It's overran. It has been taken over by Muslims. And that, that's, their, that's, that's their whole thing. You read the Quran. That's what, the, that's what they do. That's what they do. They know they can't win in war. But what they can do is they get terror. That's their thing, terror. And then they come in and they literally take over by numbers. They just keep on having kids, keep on having them babies, babies, babies. And pretty soon... They take over a country that way. They get into the politics. They get into the government. They get in. They just weed themselves in. Folks, look at Paris. I wouldn't go to Paris. No way. Now, you couldn't pay me to go to Paris. You could not pay me to go over there. And I always thought that was so beautiful. And I always wanted to go. No. <laughs> I always wanted to go to Ireland, too. But no. Look, folks. I do kind of still want to go to Ireland. That's like my hometown. That's my, that's my home country. I want to go there. I know this Texan. I want to go to Ireland. I'm Irish. My last name's O'Daniel. <laughs> oh, Danny boy, O'Daniel. Oh, my goodness gracious. Let me tell you something. We live in a completely different world. We live in a completely different world than we did five years ago. Folks, five years ago. Five years ago. Not, I mean, we had things happening, but not like it's happening right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying. All right. Let me tell you something. We're going to get back to this article. And that was Catherine Austin Fitz. If you want to know who um, was calling out the truth. And I have done it too. And I tell you what, I have gotten some really bad comments and some stuff sent my way because I'm not a Trump fan. Look, was he the best thing that we needed for the country at that time? Yes. Yes, he was. But we have this to contend with. And I have been saying it for the longest time. What about all those people from January the 6th? Has he done anything? Has he lifted a finger to help those people? Because they were there to support him. And what they're, they've been in solitary confinement. All, has he done anything? Have you heard anything out of his mouth? about any, That's what angers me the most. Is he just left them sitting there. Yeah. Anyway, back to the article at hand. Once again, we're at leohoman.com. H-O-H-M-A-N-N.com. And we are reading this article here. So... Going on, he goes, now, why don't, while I don't know why Trump approved Operation Warp Speed, I do know what it accomplished. By declaring a public health emergency and placing the injections under medical center or medical countermeasures overseen by the military, Trump was able to bypass a landmark component of the free world, informed consent. 
as required by the Nuremberg Code. Whether he knew it or not, this one single move empowered the Luciferian death cult to have its way with millions of people's lives. Catherine Fitz, Catherine Austin, Austin Fitz drops a lot of truth in the above clip, but if you take away nothing else, take away this one statement. I'm sorry, my cat just dove off my lap. You know how they put their claws into you and, you know, like you're their springboard. <laughs> sorry about that. Anyway, uh, this is Catherine Austin Fitz, and I quote, There is no right versus left. There is no Trump versus Biden. There is a machine in control of a spending machine that is financed with our taxes and debt borrowed in our names. That is being sold into our pension funds and into our retirement accounts. There is that machine and that machine to keep uh, and that machine to keep balancing the books is implementing a depopulation plan. That is the reality that has to be faced and changing the president won't matter, unquote. Mm, makes you think, doesn't it? So he goes on to say, we are not up against any single man or woman in this fight for our freedom. We are up against a machine, or as I would call it, a system, a beast system, Leo says, and I completely agree. And just like there is no single man or woman who personifies our enemy in this battle to live free, there is no person who alone will save us from it. Fitz says if she had been the president, I would have taken a bullet in the head before I would implement a culling of the American population. That's a person who stands on principle. That's exactly the type of person this beast system in control of Washington will never allow to be elected president of the United States. They want an individual who will cut deals and make trade-offs. Deal making may be a virtue in business, but not in politics. It's often a, a cover for cowardice and the propensity to always take the path of least resistance. This is the route that politicians gravitate toward. Then they lie to us about what really happened and the media covers for them. If the corporate media really hated Donald Trump as much as they pretend to hate him and believed he was as evil as they say he is, all they would need to do to take him down is admit that the mass injection program placed toxic chemicals into the bodies of millions of Americans of all ages and then blame him for setting it all in motion. The shots had known side effects up to and including death, but they won't do this. That is the one Trump policy they won't touch. Fitz says, in October 2019, when everybody in America was being entertained by the, six, the teenage sex life of the Supreme Court nominee Kavanaugh, the House, the Senate, Democrat, and Republican both sides of the aisle got together and approved Statement 56 of the Federal Accounting Standards Advisory Board, which says that, there could, which says that they could keep secret books. That was everybody together, okay, she says. So there is no right versus left. There is no Trump versus Biden. There is a machine, unquote. Leo goes on to say, so we have an all-powerful machine, a system, he says, I call it a beast system, and I agree, that runs the country and the world. This system is satanic at its core, and the sole reason for its existence is to kill and injure as many people as possible through multiple vectors, vaccines, poisons in the food, air, and water, and wars. Inevitably, people will chastise me for this article because it bursts their ideal, idyllic imaginations of what America is. 
Please don't misunderstand. If the choice between Trump or Biden, I'd take Trump any day of the week, and of course I would too, but that's not much of a choice. All I'm suggesting is that conservatives should not attribute superhero status to Trump. He isn't deserving of it. He gets weak need like any other politician. He's a man whose feet need to be held to the fire every day to make sure he stays true to conservative values. And if he by some miracle ends up back in the office, he will be he will be difficult to hold accountable given the fact that he will be a lame duck on day one. Trump has already softened his position on abortion and has proven he's in favor of injections meant to cool the population. What other surprises would a Trump 2.0 have in his bag of tricks? Mm, I agree. The American empire is falling. Now is the time to prepare for this inevitability because it will not because it will not fall without a final painful in-game scenario of war and conflict. No human leader will be able to stop this fall. Throughout this process, we can remain confident in God, our protector, and his son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He will not abandon his faithful servants in a time of distress. Folks, I agree. I totally agree. And I think that's been my biggest thing against Trump. Because knowing what we know now about vaccines, I mean, the truth is out. I mean, you just have to be like one of those people, you know, ultra-liberal, not to know the truth that they are killing people. Myocarditis. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Their blood clots. I mean, everything. You would have to be, you know, in absolute denial. <laughs> Whatever. But to not know this. And then Trump has still not, has still not said anything. He's not come out against them. I'm like, are you kidding me? I think that's what bugs me the most. I mean, that bothers me the most about Trump. But anywho, I digress. I know I've lost friends over that too. I've lost friends because I don't really support Trump for like, oh my gosh, how could you like whatever? I'm like, seriously, you're not going to be my friend because that I'm like, okay, whatever, man, whatever. 